The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level. As you know, this is Craig Gray, and you're on the Peace Walker Podcast. You're on episode number 29. Crazy, right? We are in 2021 and rocking right along. Well, actually, you are in 2021. I'm still in 2020 here in the time machine because I'm recording some of these uh, often in advance. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, it's easy. We're going to talk about beginning with the future in mind. And you hear me talk about this a lot as uh, if you've trained with me at all. And uh, some of this framework comes from one of my mentors and friends, uh, Jack Hoban, who is former U.S. Marine. He's one of the guys responsible for um, creating the Marine Corps martial arts program, the hand-to-hand combative system for the Marine Corps. And uh, he's also um, highly involved, and I've been involved with him for, I don't know, probably 15 or so years, and uh, RGI, which is Resolution Group International. I've sold some of my DVDs that I've done with him on conflict communications and and, uh, ground tactics, and so some physical stuff and some ethical stuff that Jack had done and some verbal stuff and... Uh, all the tools that you need to be a protector in today's day and age. Uh, so RGI, we've trained a number of countless police departments. Um, probably one of our capstone classes that we talk about a lot is uh, training, training Camden Police Department, uh, Camden, New Jersey. And that is a whole story in and of itself that I'll get to <laughs> on another podcast. But... Um, this idea of starting with the, be- the end in mind is important when it comes to dealing with conflict. And the reason why it's so important is we, we get distracted, right? So the beginning of, of all of our endeavors and, and this always begins with the ethic, as uh, Jack says, right? So he has a, a little rundown that he says, ethic tactic technique. Right? So the ethic comes first, and then the tactics, and then the technique. And unfortunately, most training that people do, whether it's shooting or martial arts or defensive tactics in various ways, um, we often start with the technique. So <clears throat> we need to start at the beginning, but have the end at mind, right? So the beginning of everything is... Well, what is the ethic of it? How do I respect and protect life to the best of my ability? All life, right? And that is where everything comes from. And now you got to, and again, I have other podcasts on this because it's a whole different discussion that we could have. Well, it's not the... Huggy, touchy, granola crunchy, granola crunchy, tree huggy, uh, you know, hey, let's sing kumbaya and everybody goes home fine and it looks like a big old uh, 
Hallmark card in that because if you're dealing with real conflict out there, um, self-defense situation, police work, uh, you're a soldier in the military, you're doing executive protection, and there are real threats out there, right? Or you're a teacher, you're a manager, you're a healthcare provider, um, nurse, doctor, intern, whatever it might be. There are real people out there with real issues that you really need to handle. So this philosophical idea of, oh, you know, every, every life is valuable and I need to treat everybody respectfully. And, and although it is true, here is the kicker. You have to do it in a very particular and very tactical way in order to be effective at dealing with conflict. If you're too gun shy, meaning that, you know, you really embrace that everybody is, is um, you're taking the, the philosophy and not doing it in a healthy manner, meaning that you're too passive, you're going to have problems when it comes to dealing with conflict. And the same holds true if you do it too aggressively, meaning, you know, very early on, you start to separate someone <clears throat> and you dehumanize them, demonize them, and uh, you don't treat them, their life value with respect, then you have problems. You make worse decisions, it's less tactical and ethical, and maybe possibly even legal right? ramifications. But I'm not a lawyer, so we're not really going to get down to that path too far. So we are talking about being able to separate someone's value as a human being, their life value, from their actions, behaviors, and beliefs. And right now we're really talking about behaviors. Beliefs is a slightly different subject. So when I say respect the person and most good least harm for everyone, it means not someone's actions. It means them as a human being, the value as a human being, even if you have to take that life. You don't do it out of disrespect. You don't do it out of hate. You don't do it out of malice. You do it because it was necessary to protect and it was a last resort. So that is the context of which I am talking about most good least harm in reflection of the universal life value. Not that, wow, we're going to sing Kumbaya and everybody, you know, and nobody's going to be harmed and everybody's going to go home and uh, it's going to end like a big old TV commercial. Not always the case, right? Not in the real world. However, there are parameters, ethical parameters for that. What does that look like? And I'm getting a little off track on my start with the end in mind, but it, it's important because that when we're dealing with conflict and we're dealing with violence, that is the most important part, right? Is this idea of protecting human life. And when it gets dicey, <clears throat> it's easy to stop protecting human life and start protecting something else like one's ego or relative values of some, some nature, even <clears throat> when they didn't start there. Started with a good intent and then ended up in a, in a power struggle <clears throat> of some, th- some sort. So starting with the, the end in mind is how can I make everyone safe, as safe as I can? Now that may mean 
I may have to do some things such as I may have to detain someone. I may have to fire someone. I may have to arrest someone. I may have to hurt someone. I may have to even kill someone. But it's the least amount of invasiveness to deal with a circumstance. And you have a spectrum of skills to deal with the spectrum of human behaviors. I know this gets really philosophical, but it's a podcast, <laughs> so I can't train with your life, at least at this in, with this medium. Uh, hopefully, you can come out and train with me and, and, and the team and everybody at some point, and we can kind of go through some scenarios, and you can feel what, it, what this is like. But until I do that, this will have to do. Um, so the beginning and the end are really the same. You start with the life value. You start with the ethic of being a protector. How do I respect and protect life, everybody's life, to the best of my abilities? Then from that, you devise your um, objective in the circumstance. And from that objective, you're going to determine what your strategies are going to use. And from those strategies, the tactics will come out of them. From the tactics, the techniques to get you your end result. So you can see how it comes full circle. So if you start with the end in mind is, in this situation, how can I accomplish what I need to accomplish on the, on the short end of the story and respect and protect the value of human life to the best of my abilities? It's a tall order. It's simple, but not easy. So if the end state in my, let's say, I don't know, I'll use an example. <clears throat> Let me think here. Let me use two examples. Let's say you are a teacher. So you have a job that is protecting and respecting life by teaching children or adults of whatever level of teacher you're at to have some skills to improve themselves. Now, they also have to feel and be physically safe, right? So if you're afraid that you know someone is going to touch off a bomb or something and kill everybody, not a very good learning environment and not going to accomplish your goal of making you know a change in the world and with individuals. Now, I know I'm probably sounding a little overly dramatic, but I'm, I'm trying to put things in perspective here. So physical safety is a big thing, right? That they're going to be safe, you're going to be safe physically, but also emotionally and psychologically and so forth. But your big overall overarching goal is, you know, to, to help this individual, give them some skills to better themselves. You know, to create a greater impact in their life and a greater impact in the life of the community um, around them. So that's, that's the goal, right? It starts with the ethic of that is totally respecting and even protecting life. How does that protect life? Well, by giving you skills, you're able to um, sustain yourself and support a family and be a better person so you don't do dastardly deeds like you know, be a douchebag or be a murderer or rob somebody. So you're instilling life skills as well as particular specific set of skills. 
Um, so that's really important focus to have. So let's say, so that's the ethic. And your mission, your main objective, aside from, you know, the protection of, of the life value of this individual, you're also going to provide a, some skills. So that's the objective, right? To teach them, I don't know, history. I like history, to teach them history. And how that relates to the world and their career and whatever else, or their future career. Well, you're going to have methods of how you do that and so, and so forth. And, you know, you're going to have an overall end goal of what you want them to accomplish at the end of the day. And you're going to break that large accomplishment and the end, end state into um, activities. And those activities from there, you're going to carve them out into individual actions. And you'll divide them out however many days, weeks, months that you have for that semester. Now, let's say with that in mind, you have a conflict with the, the individual. So the end state is still the same, right? The end state is for me to teach this class these skills. <clears throat> and you are, let's say there's a, there's a disruption and the individual's being disruptive. <laughs> they are preventing you from obtaining that goal. They're preventing themselves from obtaining that goal of you know, learning the skills what you had to offer, what the class is about. So don't lose sight of that. Circle back around to that. Hey, I'm here to help you. However, what you're doing is not going to be conducive for your own growth or for, you know, not to mention everybody else who's in this class trying to learn too. So you being disruptive is really harming what this class is all about. Maybe you don't understand that, but I'm not, the reason why, you know, I needed to stop you short and, you know, discipline you or, or ask you to leave class until we talked was because I want to help you obtain your goal. You told me that you wanted to learn about history and I'm here to do that. However, your behavior isn't really going to help obtain that goal. And my goal is to help you. And my goal is to help everyone in this class to, to gain that. But what happens is oftentimes it turns into a power struggle, right? It starts off, hey, I'm here because the end goal is to make you a better person. And history is going to be, you know, you learning this history is going to be one small portion of, of that. And my portion that I'm going to share with you to help you obtain your goal. And my underlying ethic is to protect and respect life. And my objective in this class is to teach you history to, you know, make you more well-rounded and more um, adept at uh, your your field of practice or your future career and your your progression as a human being. But we can't do that. So if you can kind of swing back around, it's going to be easier to navigate that situation versus you just trying to now control the person for the sake of controlling because you're mad and you're being disrespected. And trust me, I, I, I'm saying this in this podcast today, but you know I, I've been on that end and as far as me just getting into a power struggle with, with people. And I'd love to say that I grew out of it, you know, now that I'm 50, 
but that would not be correct. I think I do it less, but I still, I'm human, right? You're human, so don't think you're going to learn this rundown, learn this framework, and then miraculously, you're going to not be human. You're going to turn into the Dalai Lama or something. Probably not going to happen. So, you know, be easy on yourself. Which brings us to a lot of other podcast uh, topics like baseline and foundational grounding and all this kind of stuff. But not today. Today we're going to stick on a standpoint with begin with the end in mind. So the end point at this particular example was a teacher and a conflict happens with the student. So you really have to, in your head, refocus in on A, the ethic of protecting, respecting all life. That's the ethic of being a protector, being a peace walker, and you know, living as a human being, if you want to diminish conflict, right? And live a happier, more fulfilled life. And then the objective of the class is to teach these people about, in this case, history and and how that applies to um, things and helping them develop as as people. And then again, all the all the uh, strategies and tactics and and so forth that delve out of that, but you run into a situation, a static, uh, you get some static from one of the students. So you start to deal with that, maybe using one of our other frameworks like the Barks Continuum or one of our conflict communications frameworks that you got from being a peace walker. Um, but anyways, you deal with the, the individual. Now, rather than getting into a power trip and a power uh, struggle with this person about just being a douchebag and disrespectful in class, and you know, um, you make sure that you communicate to them and you have it in your head. But what the end goal is, your goal is to protect them too and to respect them by respecting their life value, dealing appropriately with their behavior, and then kind of helping them to see how the dots connect. Now, does it always work out to where they're like, absolutely, you are absolutely right, and I am wrong, and I'm going to straighten up in class and, and do what you, what you need for me to do because I was out of line. As you know as well as I do, that does not always happen that way. So you have to be really, really, really clear, very baseline, being calm, cool, and collected, and have some options of what you're going to do if your plan A doesn't work, right? If, if that doesn't work, of you dealing with them appropriately, kind of helping them refocus on that, then you need to, rather than forcing and focusing on them, you need to know what you're going to do. What are you going to do? So what happens if that, that student keeps being disruptive in class, <clears throat> you have your talk with them, they're keep, they're, they keep being... Um, disruptive and uncontrollable and they're really being a nuisance in class and to themselves. So you have to decide, well, I'm not going to force you. What I'm going to do is what am I, what, what I'm going to think of is what am I going to do if that's the case? And you should have a step plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan F, plan Z um, of what that looks like. Because keep in mind, you have the control, not over them, but over you. And there is a lot of power in that. But if you get caught up to or caught up into these power struggles, rather than starting with the end in mind, 
you're going to be at a huge disadvantage. It's going to be less fulfilling for you. And you're going to incite a lot more and instigate a lot more conflict, maybe even violence. So when that student is disruptive, you're going to start with the end in mind, right? It's going to be built off on the foundation of the universal life value, the ethic of being a protector, meaning all life is to be protected and respected to the best of my ability. And I'm going to extend the most good least harm within context of protecting everyone. Right, so that's kind of the foundation. And then the framework built around that is, well, what's the end of mind? The end of state in, in this situation is you're here to get, a, get an education of history and you're preventing with your behavior, you're preventing both yourself from doing that and the class from doing that. And really, I can't, you know, I got to deal with that. I can't have that. So I'm here to help you have a better, more fulfilling, more effective education in this classroom to obtain the goal that I set and that you agreed to when you came into this class. And if you can't do that, well, then we have some other options. So there you go. So there is a kind of a long example. Hopefully you kind of got it. And hopefully you can connect the dots into what areas of your life that you need need for it to, to um, fit into. I told you I was going to do two examples and I lied. <laughs> My one example took longer than I wanted. Um, but maybe in future uh, podcast episodes, I will share other um, examples. But there is an example from a teaching perspective of dealing with a difficult student. Um, we dealt with it more on a framework or blueprint aspect, more so than a, than a tactical aspect of he does this and you do that. Um, we can get into maybe another podcast into, well, what choices might you have if you do approach this person? You know, how do you do that? Do you pull them out of class and talk to them? Do you reprimand them in front of class? Do you, um, give them, you know, threats or choices or what do you do? And maybe we'll cover that in a, another podcast. We definitely cover it in our Peace Walker actual program, um, what that looks like, how we can say stay safe to do it, keep baseline and so forth, and what happens when that doesn't work. But anyways, so your tip, trick, and tactic of the day is, drumroll please, start with the end in mind. Don't get pulled into power struggles and make sure that the framework is built upon the foundation of the ethic of a protector, meaning all life is precious and deserving respect. And you're shooting for most good, least harm for everybody within the circumstance. So there you have it, gang. I'm going to get the heck out of here so you can start your day or finish your day or whatever you're doing. And I'm going to finish my day. So I appreciate you hanging out with me today and listening. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Take care. One last thing before I go. If you're interested in learning how to protect yourself more effectively and finding out more about what this protector lifestyle is all about, what it is to become a peace walker and how that can change your entire life, well, then I've got something for you. I recently developed a new program called Six Day Defense. And if you go to sixdaydefense.com, you're going to get free access 
to the short little mini course that is going to set you on your way to living a more confident, safer, more fulfilled life. It's going to teach you the fundamentals of how to protect yourself more effectively. Sixdaydefense.com. It's all spelled out. And if you have just 10 minutes a day for the next six days, I can share with you some incredible ways that are going to change your life and maybe even save it. Sixdaydefense.com. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level.